Hello again, everybody. This is Mike Flanagan from Inside Bowling. And on today's episode of the show, we welcome Jim Callahan. Jim is the tour representative manager for Storm Bowling Products. He works with some of the best bowlers in the world and helps them achieve great success on the lanes. I've known Jim for almost nearly a decade, and he's one of the most decorated and colorful people in bowling. You're in for a real treat today with our conversation with Jim. Don't forget our show is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube, and you should head over to those accounts by searching Inside Bowling to watch the program and check out our schedule for future episodes. If you're enjoying the show, do us a favor and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. It would mean a great deal if you did. If you really like what we're doing here and would like to support the show, head over to InsideBowling.com and check out our merch. We have licensing deals in place with some of the biggest brands in bowling and, of course, funny pop culture apparel as well. Check it out and use code IBSHOW to save 15% off site-wide. Again, elements from today's show were intended for both video and audio. We apologize if at some point in the show you can't quite follow along. This is a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. So here it is. Here's our conversation with Jim Callahan. Back at it again here on what I believe is Wednesday. Mike and Matt back with you here on the Inside Bowling Program. And today's show, we're going to be talking a lot of sports. I can tell you that, Matt. You looking forward to this one with Jim Callahan? Always. Always looking forward to spending some time with Jimmy C, man. I love this dude. He's hilarious. And uh, I know we're going to have some fun with this one. We are. I think we've done the least amount of show prep on this one. We kind of mailed this one <laughs> in because we knew it was going to be so easy. Yeah, you know, it's. I feel like the shows that are going to be the most fun and that are going to be the best and most enjoyable for the viewers is the ones where you don't even have to plan it out. It's just like an hour long conversation. There's no, there's no real structure to it. Uh, we do have some fun, fun parts of the show planned today, uh, so we're excited for that as well. But mostly just excited to catch up with Jim and see what's going on. Yeah, Jim's been around the industry for a long time, and he is just an enormous sports fan in general. And Jim and I, I think, spend more time talking about things not related to bowling than we do bowling. But he is the Storm Tour rep, has been for, for quite a while. He's worked with the women, the men, uh, and the and the senior tour, the PBA 50 tour. Uh, but Jim is just one of those guys, as soon as we get him on, get him talking, he's East Coast Jim. And uh, you're East Coast, too, so you guys have that in common. Oh, absolutely. Whenever, uh, you know, Jim and I just kind of met through, you know, like bowling, just being at events, being around each other. We never had like any formal introduction like, hey, I'm Matt, I'm Jim. But we always just uh, we always just hit it off and we always had a good time together just telling stories and cracking jokes. Um, and uh, so I think that's part of the East Coast in us is just being able to just kind of walk up and instantly connect with one another. Yeah, he, uh, he and he's smart. He's smart and he observes. He sits back and 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 just analyzes everything that's going on. He's probably seen you bowl a few times and probably has some analysis of your game that we could probably question. ask him about. But uh, I mean, he's also a bit of a sports psychologist too, having to work with so many bowlers over the years. And um, you know, I'm just looking forward to talking to him here today. So, how was your uh, how was your Tuesday after the show? And uh, going into Wednesday here, how are you feeling? Yesterday, you were fresh. You were motivated. You did yoga in the morning. Today, oh, yeah. were you at the same height today or, or are you down a little bit? No, I think I'm at the same height. I think I'm at this place where I'm just generating all this uh, internal energy somehow. Um, and I think it's just I keep getting more and more excited to hang out with our guests and to talk with our guests and uh, to hang out with you for a little bit. So I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I think that uh, Jim is going to have a blast with us. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe this will be our most watched episode yet. Well, I do want to welcome in all of our viewers watching on Facebook Live and also watching uh, on YouTube as well. Um, we announced on the show yesterday we were going to do 40 of these programs and then evaluate. So uh, today is what episode? What are we on? Are we on 13? 13. 13. Yeah, 13. Tomorrow we're going to have EJ Tackett. 
And on Friday, we have Brian and Shannon O'Keefe. So um, not sure what time we're going to be doing that show yet, but uh, <laughs> stay tuned. But we will do it. I do, again, you know, we're, we're in the middle of this pandemic, the coronavirus, and I've been updating people a little bit with what I've been watching, the worldometer.com. And uh, I, I am happy to report for about four days in a row now, we have seen some decrease in the amount of coronavirus new cases here in the United States. So we are starting to monitor and keep an eye on uh, sports are starting to talk about maybe uh, when they could start up. No fans uh, today on flow bowling. There was a big announcement from the PBA. Coley Edison and Tom Clark uh, discussed the PBA schedule, even though they do not have anything set in stone. They did at least take us inside of the war room, so to speak, and update people with kind of where they're at. So you can check that out on flow bowling. Uh, a great opportunity to subscribe to flow bowling. They do a lot of great stuff over there. But, you know, I do see some light here. Uh, I mean, it could still uh, spark up and, and start peaking again, but I am happy to see what I've seen the last couple of days. So hopefully, hopefully before too long, you know, we'll, 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 we'll be through this thing and maybe we won't have to do a show anymore, Matt, or maybe the people will speak and they'll want more of it. Who knows? Yeah. I'm hoping that they want more of it. I'm hoping as everybody else has to go back to like, you know, actual work and not having the time to do a show. Um, I'm hoping that we would we'll be able to slide in there and um, and and take the spotlight and be the the top show here for bowling. But I think it's great the more transparent everybody is, um, and all the organizations are, and letting all the fans and athletes know what's going on. I think the better everybody off uh, everybody will be. And um, yeah, hopefully, slowly but surely, we'll continue to get back to to normal life here, and we'll be safe, and we'll take the proper precautions, and. Um, and sooner rather than later, we'll be all bowling league and bowling tournaments and having a great time on the lanes together. We're about to bring our guest in, but I do have two promotional things that I need to mention. You know, a lot of shows have promotions and advertisements, people that pay to be part of the program. And the only thing that we have here is inside bowling. And we do have our website, right? And during the show the last couple of days, we've noticed an increase in the amount of people picking up merch. So this is a heartfelt thank you to those of you that are taking advantage of our special over there. You can save 15% with coupon code IBSHOW. And we're getting ready to launch some new merch tomorrow, breaking news uh, with the Tangs, with uh, Darren and Mikey Tang and uh, Chris Vi, Bold DMC, of course, all the house, Brad and Kyle. Uh, apparel is available over there. We have some pop culture tees and we have some branding deals in place, some licensing agreements with some brands in bowling. So make sure you check that out. Then the second piece of housekeeping is, is, is we're, we're three weeks into a 16-week video series on YouTube with Coach Mike Shady, who's been kind of hidden under a rock, in my opinion. Awesome coach, and we just launched How to Hook a Bowling Ball Today, which is the most uh, searched key phrase term on YouTube. So if you want to help out, and maybe you're in tough times right now, it doesn't take long to just go out and share that video for us. Uh, you can see it on our YouTube channel or any of our social media channels where you can find us at Inside Bowling on either Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. So we would appreciate anybody that would help us out with that. So with no further ado, I think uh, we'll introduce our guest, Um he is from the East Coast. He resides in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada now. Like I said, he was a huge sports fan. He also works for Storm Bowling Products and has for some time. He's been a sales representative for them. And now he's uh, been known more for being on ESPN, Fox, all the different networks, sitting there coaching some of the elite players in the world. And I'd like to bring in now our guest, Jim Callahan from Vegas. How are we doing today, Jimmy? You doing all right? Hey, man. Yeah, doing great. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to the show today. And uh, you know, you're two guys that I, I like hanging out with, and I think we can bring a little bit of joy to some people and let's talk a little bit about bowling and, and talk about whatever you guys want. Without a doubt, man. It's good to see you. How, how are you feeling health-wise? When when I worked at Storm a few years ago, one of, one of the moments that I remember most uh, was was when you when you had your, your heart issues. And uh, how are yeah, you? Yeah, I had a heart attack uh, seven years ago. Yeah, I'm doing good. I have this thing now called trigeminal neuralgia. That has uh, not been very good lately. It's a it's a nerve disorder in your face. It's a really it, it, it's horrible. It's called the suicide disease. It's like sending shocks through your face. So I've been getting a bunch of stuff done on that and taking some some medicine and stuff and just fighting through that. You know what I mean? It's it's another bump in the road. You know what we got? If life was easy, it would it wouldn't be any fun. So you know it's something I have to deal with. And like you say, it comes and goes and. It's it's painful, but you know what? I got to fight through it, and hopefully, I can get some uh, some relief with just had some tests done and stuff. So I'm doing good. Other than that, I mean, my heart's good. I've lost about 17 pounds since this thing started, so it's yeah. good. Yeah, I'm doing good. 
Let's go, brother. Yeah, I've been doing good. Yeah, so Jim, uh, currently right now, uh, with no bowling going on, uh, what are you up to currently? What, what's uh, what's what's keeping you interested in, in life in general? And are you doing anything with the pro athletes during this downtime? Oh, absolutely. Last year in uh, January, I was named uh, PBA tour manager for Storm. And my job was to help our athletes year round, you know, to help them grow, help them to, you know, improve, to get mentally stronger, to, you know, get physically better. And uh, so when we are in season, that the guys will have the ability to compete at their highest level. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I send out videos every day. I'll, I'll give you a really cool one that I sent out last night on on my WhatsApp thing. And I really liked it. It's called I Can, I Will, I Must on YouTube. And it's uh, it's it's really it hits the point. But, yeah, I, I search for videos. I send them out to the guys. I uh, I get everybody. Uh, you know, try to get them mentally stronger. I mean, you know, we have a lot of kids on staff, you know, the, the Tangs, the, you know, the Kyles and the Jespers and Anthony Simonson. And, you know, we have a lot of guys under that 25, 26 that are great bowlers. And what my goal is to help them improve mentally so they can compete at the highest level. Yeah. And I think that it's important for everybody to know that there's more to your job, Jim, than just going out there and saying, here's a high road throw it down the lane and go yeah. throw some strikes. I would say I would honestly have to argue that that bowling portion is probably the smaller aspect of what you do. And you're, you're almost really there for emotional support to try to keep these people from getting in their own way and stopping themselves from being successful. So walk us through what that's like to be like, you know what, I'm going to go up to Belmo or I'm going to go up to Marshall. I'm going to go up to Simonson and I'm not even going to talk bowling to them. I'm just going to tell them, Hey guys, just stop messing in your own head and get out of your own way and allow yourselves to be great out there. Yeah. Everybody's a little bit different. I think one of the things that, that, that the moniker that I like a lot is if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will, you know what I mean? And that's my, my thing that everybody's different. I have 30 or 35 guys every single week. You know, I have a great tour support team. I have, uh, you know, Sean Ryan came aboard this year. I have, you know, Steve Jacobs helps out. I have Doug Kent and I have Timmy Mack. So, I mean, I have a lot of different personalities. So if, if a guy doesn't mesh with a certain player, then someone else will. And, and the thing that I teach the players is that you need to learn what each, what each tour rep does best for you. And you use them in that particular platform. But your question, Matt, is that everybody's different. You know, that that's the, the most fun part of the job is we have 30 or 35 guys and, I can't treat Jason the same way that I would treat BJ Moore or I would treat Darren Tang or I would treat uh, whoever or Simo. Simo is actually the most unique one of all because he falls off the rail so quickly. You know what I mean? It's, no, <laughs> and, then I mean he, and then he pulls 279 the game after yeah. and then he's back in the show. I mean, he, he's a guy that I believe personally that he's the most gifted bowler that's on tour right now. He can do everything. It's amazing. Yeah. That's not breaking news that that's if just watch once in a while and, you, and you'll see. I mean, once he and he's getting better all the time and he he's learning, he's asking a lot more questions than he used to, you know, about layouts, you know, with the with the August situation coming up with with uh, no extra holes. And we've laid out a bunch of balls. Sean and I work a lot with him to get him, you know, more ready for that. And, and he's really open minded. But yeah, I mean, there, there are certain guys that really like the mental aspect. You know what I mean? B.J. Moore is a guy that, you know, I don't – I very rarely ever talk to him about bowling. I'll sit down on a step and we'll talk for about half a game and just, just you know, rehash some of the videos I sent or, or, you know, just talk about getting his mindset going in the right direction. And I think one of the best tips that you can have out there for your, you know, your league – not necessarily league players, but, you know, your youth bowlers and, and your players that bowl tournaments is that – if your mind's not slow, it's unbelievably difficult to make good decisions. And the word that I use all the time, and Matt, I know you're a very inspirational guy and go to talk to schools, uh, is that I teach process very, very strongly. You know, and we have a process as a tour team in addition to the players. So all I try to do is try to get those guys back in the parameters of their process so that things will slow down and they'll have the ability to listen to what we're saying. You know. How many times, Matt, you as a competitor where your mind's going so fast and somebody's talking to you and you can't even hear what they're saying? 
Yeah, or even worse, you end up like lashing out at other people, people that are yeah. just trying to help you, and yeah. then you don't even re- you don't even realize it because you're just like, dude, yeah. it feels like the world is ending. You got two balls yeah. left to try to throw eighteen strikes, but meanwhile, you're in like the middle of the second game, and you got like twelve games left to go, yeah. and it just feels like everything is happening so quickly. So you're absolutely right. And uh, we've got a comment here from Chris Barnes. I want to see if you can touch on one of these possibly <laughs> appropriate, uh, maybe a conversation you had with Norm. It's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've had, I, it's, it's interesting. I've had, I have a lot of conversations with, I don't really deal with Norm as much as I used to. I mean, I, I started with Norm with Fabball back in like 96. I mean, it, it's, it's been a long time. And he's very interesting that I don't, think that he necessarily I hope he's not watching today (laughs) I I think it's a deal where I don't really think he cares what we say I I, no 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 I I think that he wants you and the, the one thing about him when I started out my goal with Norm Duke was to learn everything about how he talks so I sat down with Billy Hall and him in uh in Vegas and I said I want to learn your language of how you look at it so now what there is, I know the key things when talking to him that that get his mind going back straight. So it ends up where even if I don't watch, he could come back and I'd say, yeah, you need to tee it off and, uh, you know, you need to go plus two on the back and you'll be fine. And it, it's interesting a couple of times that I haven't really seen it a whole lot. And I gave him some information and he thought it was great, even though that I really didn't see a whole lot. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he's a very smart guy. Yeah, and and you touched before about the changing, you know, the changing of the rules with the weight holes. Do you do you see that having a huge impact on the guys out on tour, or do you think that static weights and the way that you guys use them out there is really not all that important? I think it's going to be more difficult for the two-handers than it is for the one-handers. I think the one-handers would be okay. I mean, I, we have we've started as a team. All of our guys started to use less and less weight holes, and I mean, you can. I think the key is going to be being able to manipulate the surface to get it to pick up, excuse me, in the right spot where normally maybe the ball go a little bit longer because you don't have that weight hole to change, you know, to add differential or, or to make it hook a little bit sooner or lose access rotation as quick. So I think surface is going to be important, but I think it's going to be a little trickier for the two handers because they don't even have a third hole to change. You know, when you put a thumb hole or you put a switch grip in there, you really change the the inside of the ball. So I think the two-handers are going to take a little bit more time. So over the last two years or so, Jason and I have a system where we talk about, I call them before every event. We have a couple balls we drill, and then every week I throw in a, like an, an extra ball, you know, if, if I have a thought or so that I can get more information, you know what I mean? Like a whatever, a two-inch pin with no hole or, or something like that so I can learn a little bit more about maybe something that he likes that he doesn't know he likes. And we started we started to do that with Simo, too. And, and we got lucky that the ball that he won the U.S. Open with is a wild streak, and he had never drilled one. And I thought that it would be a ball that matched up really good and ended up where I drilled it as our extra ball that week. And it ended up that's the ball that he used the whole time, and he won the U.S. Open with it. So he's interesting with balls. I mean, he doesn't really – like he he goes ball to ball, and he wears it out, and then he won't throw it at all ever again. You know, he, he like wins the U.S. Open with a wild streak, and then – at the World Series, the Axiom come out, and he loved the Axiom. So it's like, how about that wild streak? Yeah, no, I'm good with that. That's all right. You know what I mean? So he's just very different in how he looks at it. And I, and I he's he's great. I mean, I've been lucky enough to be around him. Every major that he's ever won, I, I happen to be working with him. And we have a really good relationship. And uh, I, Jason's very good to me. So, That's But, yeah, awesome. I think the, two, the two-handed bowler is going to definitely have more struggles than – the uh the one-handers because actually what are the two things that two-handers have ball speed and rev rate most of them Mm -hmm. so i think we're going to have to really concentrate maybe do some stronger pins to get their balls to slow down because i think they might have a hard time where it'll get behind the break point all the time and have a hard time changing direction down lane so i think surface is going to be the most important but surface is the most important now so it it it, it's not going to be that different you know what everybody in life has things they have to adapt with and, you know, you guys have it with your life. I have it with my life. You know, it's just another hurdle that we'll, we'll deal with. And, you know, our team will get together and make decisions on how we want to do it. And, you know, just stay calm. And that's the one thing I try to do. And Mike's known me a long time is when I talk to players, 
I don't ever change facial expressions. I just, you know, I, I feel that if I'm not calm, you know, how's, how's the guy going to stay calm? And I see guys, you know, they're, I see Dell going like this, you know, he's wiping his head. Like he's like, I said, Dell, stop doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. He's, he's funny though. Dell's Dell, Dell, Timmy and I had a lot of success together as a team. And, you know, I learned a lot of things from Dell and, and, you know, we've, we've been friends for a long time. We were actually, I started on tour and Dell started right about the same time as a tour rep in 96. And then I had a little gap there. And then I came back in, uh, 08, 09. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Dell Ballard's a smart guy and I learned a lot from him. And I think that, uh, we have a lot of smart guys at storm. And I think that we have great bowlers and great balls, but we have, uh, we have a really strong tour team with uh, actually with adding Sean Ryan has, has been fantastic. I think Sean is personality is a little different than mine. You know, he's more regimented. He's like a military guy, you know, where he's, he's very blah, blah, boom, 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 where wow. I have more. Yep. Oh yeah. You know, he's just, he's just very black and white where I'm more abstract. You know what I mean? I, I'm very, uh, I go with the flow of how it is and I make decisions on how I, how I feel, you know, I, I go with my gut a lot and, I think back to past performances that I had, you know, in dealing with people and situations that have arisen, you know, like baseball guys, they look back on, you know, pitchers, how they faced them in the past. That's how I try to do it, you know. So I'm I'm getting into the analytics a little bit more with with our players, but you know, that's uh yeah, I, I'm a feel gut guy, you know what I mean? However I feel is right. And then I have Sean to be my alter ego as the guy that is black and white, but we're very fortunate. Yeah, Chris Barnes is uh, being very active in today's show, and I know you and Barnes are extremely good friends. Uh, Long time. He's, he's I know, and I know your wife Kelly, who also I think we should give a quick shout out. You know, was a uh, first team All American. Oh, this just a standout. Kel- Kelly Rapp was her name at the time. I gotta tell you, she's disappointed because they had the thing planned for the uh, the USBC uh, national meetings for the year, and they were going to have all the players that were four time. All Americans. There's only been 43 men and women in history ever. There's 24 women and 19 men that have ever done it. And Kelly's one of the people that have done that. You know, she was a first team All American in college three times, second uh, second team All American. She was a bowler of the year in college. She won uh, the uh, now it's the the individual singles. She won that twice. I mean, Kelly was a really really good bowler. Yeah. Awesome bowler. And I wanted to give her a shout out because I think a lot of people forget just how good she was and she's, she's, but she's just as smart between the ears and that's why she has her full-time job. And yeah, let's keep her focused on that job. Let's not, let's not not get them thoughts in her head to get her to be a bowler again. We're we're all right the way we are. You can have fun and and do your job on the side, just your side gig, being able to have fun and do what you like to do. But the reason why I mentioned Barnes is, you know, you just talked to us, you just stated that you're, you're a feel guy, right? So mm-hmm. I, I would I would put that with Pete Weber, right? Pete sure. Weber is a feel player, right? Most of his success mm-hmm. on tour is based off of feel. Correct. And whenever I use this this uh, description, I put I put Weber on one end, I put Barnes on the other. Barnes is by the book, black and white. You know, if if this core Chris has an unbelievable amount of feel, though. Oh, he Chris does. Is a, he has so that. many tools. Yeah, he has so many tools in his bag. Well, that's Go why ahead, I'm, I'm sorry say, because you because you and Chris are such good friends and he respects you a great deal and I know he's one of the most iconic bowlers of all time and most talented you've ever seen and yeah. through your friend Mark Anderson as well and that whole crew there yeah you guys have been tight for a long time I want to just ask the question after explaining this as long as I sure did. go ahead I basically just wanted to say how is it that you and Barnes can have such a great relationship when 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 you have this feel side. And, and Chris is more by the book, but now you're going to tell us about his, he, he's a field player too, which is going to be interesting yeah. to hear about. I, I think it's interesting. I have to tell you, I don't, I don't really help Chris a lot on tour because, you know, we have so many guys to deal with and we have Steve Jacobs. It's, uh, you know, uh, part of our team now that kind of works with both, but we've combined it now where we help Roto and, uh, you know, 900 global, but, you know, I give Chris a lot of notes. I enjoy talking to Chris you know, like on the truck when we're talking about balls and things like that, lane play and stuff that Chris really has his uh, ways that he likes to do it. And, you know, he's very uh, detail oriented. He's got more notes than anybody. Uh, Chris will go down in history as one of the greatest bowlers ever. He's one of the smartest bowlers in the world. I mean, he he's very opinionated in his thoughts. 
you know, I try to give him as many uh, much information as I can give him, whether it's now we have Sean and uh, Sean and Steve actually do a sheet for every round, you know, where who started where, and, you know, whenever I see tendencies or trends, you know, whether he fathers two or three lefties, you know, hey, there's going to be three less games. They're the things I really deal with Chris on. I don't really lane play very rarely. And it's and you know what? It's disappointing because when he came aboard, I you know, I was a, a big part in getting Chris to come to, you know, 900 Global. And it, it just I don't think it's worked out the way that we thought it was going to work. I, I mean, it's worked out great for 900 Global, but being on tour because I have so many people to deal with that I haven't got to deal with him as much as I really would like to. Yeah. That's an interesting point. You've got to work with so many different people over the years that lucky that we thought we would, we would have some fun here today. Sure. And maybe, maybe offer some people inside of your mind of what you sure. think about particular styles of bowlers. So we have, in our opinion, the three um, greatest styles of players that you've ever worked with in your career. That's just our opinion. And we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Sure. So, Matt, if we could get the first player up, we all know this guy is Pete Weber from St. Louis. Uh, probably my, you know, I get, I get, was given a hard time on the Beef and Barnsey show about I'm in love with Pete Weber and all these different things. And uh, I am too. You know that. I mean, him and I go way, way back. And uh, yeah, Pete and I have done a lot of great things together. And man, he's he's fantastic. He's just he's such a field player. He's when the lights come on, he's just so competitive. You know, he uh, he he's the unbelievable field guy. So what, you know what, what I mean? What we're oh, go ahead, here, Jim. Is is this, this is the TOC? I believe is the clip that we have where I believe he was throwing the gold ball that day, the IQ Tour gold, and right. and we went, we, we want to just watch this play out, and then we're going to discuss Weber's game. Sure. Weber does with the bowling ball. I want you to focus on that glove, open hand. Here it comes all the way to the bottom, and then there's the rotation. Watch again as he lets go of the bowling ball. I want you to watch and focus on that open hand. So there's Weber, and here's a full shot here now. Working on a strike. That was Indianapolis, I think. Bowling Belmo. <laughs> yeah. So what is it that makes Pete Weber so good, and what it's what is it like working with Pete Weber on tour? His mind is unbelievably strong. He keeps things very simple. He doesn't care about the balls. He doesn't care about you know RGs and differentials. And you know it's simple where we have we have uh, two layouts that we use most of the time. And over the last you know eight or nine years, I've added you know one or two more for longer patterns so I can uh, make sure that it hooks enough. I think the one thing people don't realize with Pete's axis rotation with 90 degrees that as, as Matt knows, being a coach that their balls go a long way down the lane. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So it's, so it's a deal where you really, we have to, the one thing that Pete Weber hates more than anything is when his ball doesn't hook. So it's a deal where I, I really have to concentrate and make sure his ball has enough surface on it. But if it has too much and it doesn't have down lane reaction, right? then he doesn't like that. So No, he doesn't. No, he he's very, very, uh, he's not challenging because you know what? I enjoy dealing with people like him. But so, so how it works with him, one of our practice sessions would go, I go up, I put the surface on the ball, what I think it is. He practices, he goes, it doesn't hook, you know, quite enough here. So at about three minutes ago, I'll go and I'll hit it a little bit, hooks enough. And then with two minutes, I go back and say, are you good? And then it ends up where he'll go, yeah or nay. And then if it's not, then I make a little bit more adjustment. And then I kind of tell him where I want him to play. Usually because he likes to go left, that's usually four or five left to where I tell him to play. And I have to continue to tell him, hey, get back to where you're supposed to be. But he's so mentally strong and so competitive that, man, he's just it, – it's an endless style. He's, he's probably, uh, you know, he, he's one of the top two or three greatest bowlers of all time. You know, it's been an honor for me to be able – to deal with him for the last 10 years. And he's had guys over the years that he's relied on, you know, whether it was Brian Berg back early in the late nineties, he had Steve for a while, he had Hank, then he had Chris Slemmer for a long time. And I was fortunate enough when Chris didn't stop going on tour that, that Pete kind of became my guy. And uh, he's, he's, he's something special, man. He's, he's difficult. He's tough, man. You, he's a guy you can't be wrong with. 
No, there's no doubt. When you say something to him, and you always, I, I listen to your intro to me where I sit back and watch a lot. I think over time that I don't try to give random thoughts. That's that doesn't help anybody. You know, I really analyze what I'm seeing and what I think is the correct thing to do. So if any of the guys that I deal with, you know, they know when I come up that I've I've really thought about it and they have the confidence that, hey, you know, I th- this has a good chance. And Pete, Pete's the best. I could like he could have like an eight bagger and I walk up with a different ball and say, hey, Pete, you need to throw this one now. I'll go, OK. Yeah. And I, I, it's I happened. I, and, you know, I think Schlimmer was the one that got that going with him because okay. even on that U.S. Open show, the most iconic show of all time, arguably, you know, he was throwing two different balls and made a ball yeah. change in the title match. You know, frantic Marvel Pearl, I believe it sure. was. Sure. Yeah, that's what it was. And I also remember this. Uh, I've got two two more comments based off Pete Weber and, and yourself. One is I can go back about eight years ago um, working the World Series of Bowling. And I sure. think I was working for Extra Frame at the time. Yeah. And Pete was coming in for a night block. It might have been the world championship. And Pete just bowled okay the prior eight games. And you guys drilled him a berserk. It was a it was a, it yeah. was a random, <laughs> random roto grip yeah. ball. There was some on a truck or whatever. Nobody was using this bowling ball. And you put this berserk in his hand. I remember that. I think he bowled 830 his first yeah. three games with this. And, and that's another example. You just handed this ball to him. And then boom, you know, it, it, the magic happened. And he had the trust and belief that that was the ball for him that night. Correct. If he doesn't, he's a guy that, that he has to have a relationship with you. He has to believe in you. Like, like it's difficult when new guys go because they don't really go up to Pete a whole lot. Doug Kent's been dealing a lot with Pete uh, on tour and uh, you know, he respects Doug because Doug was a great bowler, obviously. So, but it's difficult for somebody that, you know, like a Matt McNeil, for example, to go up to Pete and say, Hey, you know, yeah. I want you to do this. You know, he doesn't really have that that track record to to deal with Pete. And if you're wrong, it takes a little bit of a time to get back to where he's he's comfortable with it. So I try not to be wrong when I talk to Pete. I mean, I don't want to be wrong with anybody, but I, I would hope that I'm right more often than I'm wrong. And I think that's probably pretty accurate. Okay, continuing down our trip of, of sure. our, we our, got next? our opinion, three of the best styles you've ever worked with in the history of bowling. Uh, Next up, Jason Belmonte fits that same criteria I just mentioned. Here he is. Um, let's let's get a couple. Let's get a look at Belmo here. Matt's got it. Sure. Let's let's watch Belmo bowl here. Yes. Got that right hook working on that. Yeah. That Riley, and, and let's not forget that. A couple of weeks ago, Simonson finished third at the Tournament of Champions. So Belmo doing what Belmo does. What's it like? What's it like working with Belmo, and and what makes his game so great? As we look at the slow mo replay here, you know what the best thing about him is that every time he comes back from, uh, you know, home, that he's better than he was before. Mm. He's continually learning. I I think it points back to Del Ballard and I had a conversation. There was one U.S. Open, the first one that that you know chad and nick hoagland did the pattern it was in dallas i believe and jason finished like 30 35th or something very subpar for him and we went to dinner and uh dell and i had a conversation with him he asked us hey you know what do you guys look at on the lane and i and i go i'm not going to answer the question till you do jason says you know i like my ball to get down the lane i like to see a lot of change direction down the lane and we're like we don't like that you know we want it to be wherever your break point is, you know, a, a foot in front of that. So your ball can transition more smoothly through the break point. You know, we talked about it a little bit more. Dell had some comments and then, uh, you know, we talked about it and I'll tell you what, the next time he came back, his ball probably hooked five feet sooner than it did before. And he controlled the middle part of the lane. And then, you know, he's, he got rid of the hop because he felt he could control. If he keeps his feet on the ground, he felt that he could control, you know, be more under control. You know, he's got, man, he's just, I've been so lucky, the people that I've dealt with. I mean, Norm and him and Pete and, you know, he just, man, he just, he can, I, I've seen so many things that he's done that it's like Superman-like. I mean, we were in Akron at one time and Doug and I were watching him bowl and they were really tough. And he used, he had a speed difference on two lanes where he was throwing it 15 on one lane and 21 on the other lane, five or six mile an hour difference in the same game. And I mean, he's just. Uh, there's nothing, there's nothing that I can say that he believes that he can do anything. You know what I mean? He's, 
that's I think that's part of the thing that makes them great. And that's the thing I'm trying to teach the young guys is that if you believe in yourself, you know, you make you have a good process like we talked about earlier. Jason's is flawless. And it's interesting the people that I've dealt with, the two people that are probably I would say the greatest people that I've dealt with are Jason and Liz Johnson. Liz Johnson, I go way, 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 way back. What do both of them have in common? They're unbelievably cerebral. You know, I mean, they're people that are very under control. They make really smart decisions. You never see them get flustered. I've seen Jason get flustered maybe two or three times in in the 11 or 12 years that I, nine or 10 years that I've dealt with him. It just doesn't happen. You know, I mean, he, he may disagree with us, but if you give a good reason why he does it, he'll do it. And you know what? We've been right more times than not. And uh, you know what? It's, it's, I've been very fortunate, Mike, the people that you're bringing up there, you know, it's, it's, it's great, but he's, he's learning and getting better every single day. Yeah. So we've brought up two iconic styles. You've worked on two of the, two of the best of all time. We've got one more for you before, sure. we, before we bring, bring up this bowler. Who do you, who do you think it is that we're bringing up here? Is it a guy or a girl? It's a guy. And you have it, worked, you have probably worked with this person more than anybody else in your entire norm. Life. As a matter norm. of fact, I know that's who it is. Matt, let's go ahead and show everybody who 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 the third bowler is. We need you to break down. Oh, oh my god, that's a really old. Where'd you find that at? All right, let's go ahead. Let's play this. Clip. Oh my god. You know what? This, this was the first year that I actually Oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> We've got a couple. You, you didn't even get a good one. There's no, other ones that are not. We have it. Let's just let's just play the bad. There's a few of them. God, I think right. I was like I was 14, I think. So here's Jim Callahan. What's terrible? That's all awesome. right through the face. Oh no, That's don't. That's not right through the face. Oh, no, I'm talking about. You had the wrong one queued up. I threw the high hard one. I threw the Brunswick. I, I, I threw I, the Brunswick edge right there, and it was. I threw the high hard one. I need I to bend want, over a little bit more at the foul line so I could tie my shoes. I didn't want to put the one up and just instantly shock him with the with a big through the nose shot here. I figured I'd give him a little bit of credit with a trip four. I don't even remember this one. There's a way better. This was, you know what this was? This was the uh, top. Ah, it runs it that's out. Not a good one. That. That's not a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good one. It's funny. This was actually for. Uh, the top 10 averages in Delaware at the time. This was the title match, actually. I was 14. I think I was averaging about 190 or 191. Can't tell by looking at it. but Did you, did you, did you win this? Because I'm not trying no, to be – No, I lost. You lost – okay. I, I lost wanna, this one. I don't want to roast you too bad here, but I just want to show one shot of this guy that you bowled against. Yeah, yeah Fry. <laughs> By the, way, he's way, by the way, he's way older than me, by the way, too. <laughs> he looks like he's in 25. Yeah, he's way older. I was I was really young. Here. Look at he, was a, he was a big football player, and he was – Coming in hot. Let me give you a little hint, Chief. This ain't like it was 10 years ago where you used a reactive boss. <laughs> 1983. 1983 there, Chief. <laughs> now, Matt, Let's get this other clip up of, of Jim uh, where he's bowling. But what we'd like for you to do is, you know, we 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 broke down Weber, we broke down Del Monte, and now we've got the third greatest player you've ever worked with, Jim. I Conley. hope this is a good one. It it's sure. good. It's pretty. See good. who this one is. I got to be the Matt's outstanding. He's an outstanding producer to find. Yeah, you don't need. Yeah, it's okay. I'm good. This I'm is trying to make sure I find the yeah. Uh, here we go. Here we go. We're here. Uh, here this go. one where I bowl with my boy Joe Conte. Oh, he he called it. He called it. By the way, this was my boy was lipping off a lot. This guy thought he was a really good bowler. <laughs> I think I was a couple of sporting a corduroys right there, old school. <laughs> Wearing red on Sunday. Red on Sunday. Uh, Throwing that same edge, the only boy I ever that, had. Holes in the rosin bag. Little angle shirt working, I think. Yeah, angle AMF. No, yeah, could be. Look Beat at this that. guy like a drum. Look at how much better you're down at the line. Oh, you're better. I think I was like two years older then. Yeah, what year this, was that? This is '84. One. That's one year actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's one year actually. Hey, you needed a double here to lock it up, or a double. Yeah, this is a bad. This is a bad one. But you threw these pretty good. Gotta say, yeah. I think. I mean, relative to the to your opponent. Look at my man sitting back there. This is a kid. Yeah, that was okay. That wasn't yeah. bad. Uh, I mean, you needed a double and not. By the way, it's not like it's a, 
it ain't like it's an axiom peeling off five. There, <laughs> <laughs> Driving that thing, man, and that thing yeah. great. I've never had a problem. That's never had a problem. Looking at there is the look on your face. Looking, you looked at the scoreboard. I've seen you look at the scoreboard so many times for pros over the years. You're looking at your own scoreboard there. I, I saw this and I was like, man, this is gold. This is great. It's funny because the first time I was on TV, I bowled with my brother, and there was a guy named the guy that runs the tournament now is a guy named uh, Len Holmquist. The uh, tournament for the Gene Carter Open, and he asked me. He goes, "Are you nervous?" And the funny thing is, every time I've ever bowled on TV and things like this, I was never nervous. You know, from the time I was about 10 or 11 years old, I knew that I was going to be in the bowling industry. You know what I mean? And I knew that I loved bowling. And I had a guy at home. I actually just got to talk to him, a guy named John Thompson Sr. and Jr. These are two guys that when we were kids that they used to bring a big TV into the bowl and they had video cameras. And that's how I got to improve to this spot. You know what I mean? And this guy thought he was going to beat me. He couldn't beat me if yeah, he kept score. <laughs> he beat me. So this guy needed a double, right? Yeah, okay. So let's walk through here. How's that shirt he's, how's that shirt he's got work in there? Yeah, I know. This is insanity. Uh, I know when you're when You weren't you're even ready, born then, Chiefs. So. I, I was not. I was not born for uh, for another 10 years. I was so, five uh, years old. Five years old right here. Yeah, a little yeah, five-year-old Um. So when you're repping somebody, right, and they're in a yeah. close match with somebody else and their opponent goes Brooklyn, you're probably like, oh, my God, whatever. Like, this is so stupid, right? I don't but care. It's another yeah. frame. <laughs> what, what's going on? Oh, I was bent right here. Yeah, what's going on? He Brooklyn's, mind? doesn't he? Doesn't he Brooklyn? Oh, it's a terrible shot. Oh, I was bent. I'm, I, yeah, look at that. Yeah. Not even, it was never right at a head pin. You like that little move you had? Toe. What's on that back? It was never right at a head pin. <laughs> this was a big title too I, this was actually the qualifying for this i think was the first time i ever bowled a 700 series wow i bowled like 730 something wow that's awesome to, to make it and i was yeah, the leader. i was i was the leader in a lot of these tournaments i just he bowled like was, 33 or something to get in yeah the pressure on this shot but the I love bowling. On this, this is shot. like two years before this i actually went to penn state bowling camp and a guy named one of the greatest lefties ever that right uh, this that I was close. Had <laughs> <laughs> yeah. though for, for back in the day for those two shots. Yeah, it, was, it would have been a little different. <laughs> but yeah, I went to Penn State bowling camp, and a guy that taught there was a guy named Dwayne Fisher. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, I, I have not. Dwayne Fisher is a guy that was probably twenty-one or twenty-two years old. I was about fifteen, and he in the Eastern region at that time with Parker Bone. He used to beat Parker Bone like a rented mule. I'm telling you, this guy was the most fluid, unbelievable. You can bring him up on YouTube. He won the touring play. He went out on tour. He made a couple shows. He won the touring players championship and then he quit. He went home and he became a nurse or nurse's aide or something. And this guy, if he'd have bowled, he'd have been Parker. He'd have been, uh, he'd have been Parker Bone. He'd have owned Parker Bone. He did. He beat him like a mule. It was unbelievable. But, yeah, he taught at this camp, and then when I came home, that's where I fell in love with bowling. And you can see I've improved a little bit there. And then over time, I, I bowled mega bucks. And, uh, yeah, Chris Barnes chiming in right there. He knows. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's oh, it, it's that's where I fell in love with bowling, and I continue to improve from there. I was never a great bowler. But, you know what, I'll give you a little story that I told. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jason real quick. I know I don't want to talk too much because I, no, I, no, I no, ramble no. on. It, it's interesting when I was growing up, like about this time here, when I was 16 or 17, I really fell in love with bowling. I mean, I practiced all the time. I worked in the bowl, cleaning the tables, you know, and then as I got older, they had these uh, little uh, $50 sweepers on Saturdays. You know, I, I would work and save up my money and bowl these things. And I bowl pretty good in them. You know, I bowled against the likes of a guy, uh, Jim Johnson Jr., who beat Weber for a title in Portland. Uh, he, he was the guy that had the record for the most 300s before anybody had it. A guy named Elvin Metzger had the had the thing, and it was like – Sullivan, Missouri. Yeah. Elvin Metzger had 30 at the time, and that was like millions. And Jimmy had – he hit 31, and they had a big contest where he bowled uh, against a guy named John Wilcox, who was a, a, a big international bowler, and he had bowled 886 or something, so – but yeah, I mean, these are things as we went through that as I got better and didn't I bowled some mega bucks and stuff. I did all right. You know, I, I, I was never I'd never been in a spot in bowling where I was scared. You know, there's no spot that that intimidates me or anything. That's just not my personality. 
but it ends up where I told Jason that, you know what, my whole life was to be a pro bowler. And I realized that I wasn't good enough to be a pro bowler. You know, what? I'm good enough to bowl mega bucks and stuff like that and make a little bit of money. But you know what? I'm lucky enough that I get to live my dreams that I had through all these guys that I deal with on tour. You know, whether it's Pete Weber, whether it's Norm Duke, whether it's Jason Belmonte, whether it's Anthony Simons. And every day, my goal is to help these kids see their dream. You know what? My dream came true. I didn't get to throw the ball, but I'm going to tell you what, I, I would hope that I have a little bit of a portion of why people win. And that is a, that's a dream come true for me. You know, my job is not a job. It's, it's, uh, it's living a dream every single day. And you know what? My job is to hope that these kids get to achieve their dream. And that's, that's, that's my main passion and why I do my job. You answered my follow-up question, which is, what, Sorry. Would, what, what would you, you know, what would you, what would you say to a, a 1984 Jim Callahan if you told him what you've been able to do with your career and what he would be doing, you know, this many years later, and you just answered the question. So um, that's where I wanted to go with that. Yeah. But Jim, I, I I, I have to say this as, as we that? wrap up the bowling portion, because we want to talk mm -hmm. about sports here for a minute. Sure. We worked together, I think, about seven years ago. And we worked very mm -hmm. intimately close on the same PR sure. team, part of the tour reps and things like that. Mm -hmm. And what I've observed just from talking to you today and having a serious conversation about bowling is you've you've really advanced your skill set. You've really become a leader within that organization, within the, the tour. Try to. And and I'm I'm really pleased to see and I and I'm I'm not shocked by any means whatsoever, but man, congratulations on everything that you've been able to do with that role. Appreciate that. Um, I think it's outstanding what you've been able to do. I think. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that's the one thing that Storm does very, very well is that, you know, I had, I was a regional sales manager. I did good at that. I dealt with the toughest person that there was, you know, a lady named Linda Davis at Cal Bowling Supply, who she was, she was tough. She only liked about three people in life. That was Dave Smart, Chad Murphy, and me. And uh, she was just tough. So I kind of went through that and I liked it, but I didn't like, you know, going into the pro shops and the guys asking for stuff all the time. You know, I did tour and I, it always pointed back to that. You know, I started out, I was the first ever road salesman that Hammer ever had. That's what I was hired for in 1995. And it ended up where I went to tour and, and I fell in love with it. And you know what, it came back to it. And Gary gave me this opportunity to be the tour manager. And he said, you know what, your job is, 365 days a year to make sure these guys get better. And you know what? We had 21 different guys make TV shows last year, which is pretty impressive for our group. And sure is. you know, this year we had a little training session in Vegas where there was 10 guys and six of those have already made TV shows this year. So I want all of them to make it. And you know what? My goal is to see every single guy we have win his first title because you know what? When they win that look on their face is priceless. Absolutely. And now, now bowling is your passion, but if you were to say you're one, a or one off passion sports wise, it's baseball, right? Yeah. <laughs> you go to the all-star game every year, every year, 10 years in a row. You've I gone, don't know about this year. You typically go, I know Bill Crispin goes with you and you and Crispin are very close. And yeah, he, he went, he went with us one year in New York. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah he's Bill is a, Bill has been a mentor for me for a long time and on a personal level, you know, him and Barbara and Kelly and I have gotten together and, you know, had Thanksgiving together. And, you know, he's, people don't realize, and I'm, I don't mean to be the historic guy, but I've actually worked for the three greatest guys in bowling history. I worked for a guy named Dennis Baldwin. Dennis Baldwin owned Fabal, which was hammer. I'm going to tell you, he was Bill Christman before Bill Christman. He did the same thing when he had players, he took them out to eat. You know, when I worked for, for Hammer, we would go out for lunch every single day. You know, we would go to – he had season tickets for the Orioles. He he treated me like his son, uh, you know, and then that went away because they got sold to Ebonite. And then I worked for a guy named Ron Wood. You know Ron Wood, uh, Mike, treated me like his son. You know I mean? I could always talk to him about whatever it is. And to this day, I talk to Ron all the time. He's one of my biggest advocates. You know, he takes up for me has been – you know, he's in Christmas ear all the time. Tell him what's going on. And then I have the opportunity to work for Bill Crispin, who is Dennis Baldwin 2.0. Yeah. Because you know what? He cares about people more than anybody I've ever seen. If you can get through that rough exterior that he has, you know, he cares about people. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm going to tell you the thing he cares about most is pro bowling. He loves to win. I'm going to tell you what. When we don't win, the phone is silent. 
<laughs> when we win, it's good. So, but you know, we both have the same objective. We like to win, but you know, and, and it's hard when I started the job to tell him, by the way, it's going to take a little bit of time to get these young kids to, to get better, you know, get, we didn't win the first week. And Gary's like, what are you going to do different? I go, I'm not going to do anything different. You know, I have a, a process of how I'm going to do it. And I continue with that. You know, Gordon Vatican is, I'm really tight with Gordon Vatican. He's taught me a lot of life lessons and how to do it. And I've kind of structured how I do things a little bit the way Wichita State used to do it. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of Shocker guys that are on our team. And uh, you know what? It's working out okay. You know what? We have a long way to go, but our team is growing. We have Sean Ryan, who is, I think he's a superstar. You know what I mean? And it's, we're going to work together to, to help people achieve their dreams and, and uh, hopefully, you know, help us continue to go forward as well. Yep, absolutely. So let's let's dig into this baseball though. You've got some stuff there behind you, and I want to lead off with this. You know, we we became pretty close friends yeah. together, and then I I can I, tell you what that is before you even pull it. And, up. You and want, I you want that? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. What what do we got? It's here? a St. Louis Cardinals helmet that I gave you in two thousand. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a cool one, man. You know what's interesting? I love sports and I love things. And there's Albert Pujols right on the front. Yeah, it's yeah. all by the entire team. Yeah, you know, it's that's their world championship team. You know, I have a lot of things, and I've given away a lot of really good items. But you know what? I know that you would enjoy that a lot more than I would. I bought it, and I liked it, but I know I knew that you would like it more. And that's part of the, the collecting thing is that, you know, when I have something other people really like, a lot of times I just give it to them, you know, because it makes them happy, and that's – you know what? I've, I've, I've tried to change my perspective. You know, I, I want to be positive. I want to be happy. You know, and I don't want to deal with negativity and all that nonsense. And we've kind of, I'm trying to get rid of the people that, that bring negativity into my life. And you know what, when I see you with that, I know how happy that made you. And you know what, that makes me happy. Yeah. And I will never forget it. And it's, it's right yeah. here. This, I, I love this thing, right? That's here. cool. What's some of your, what's some of your best memorabilia of all time? Oh, what do we got here? Slick producer. What do we That's got? That's not me. Oh, I'm just I'm just picking at Mike here, just searching that picture. I was ready to say I ain't never been that skinny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good looking football helmet you got there. What the hell's in your hand, milk? <laughs> Who is that? That is it's not a me. random picture I found from the internet. I just searched pulling up like, random photos now. Yeah, no, just pulling up a random. Let's photo get Matt. Let's get Matt Bat involved here so he can uh, <laughs> stop looking up pictures of kids holding a football and milk. <laughs> So what is some of your best, what are you, some of your best memorabilia that you have? Some uh, of the stuff behind me, actually, I have, uh, I have a Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig signed piece. I have, uh, a Mantle signed piece. Uh, I have Joe DiMaggio. Uh, let me look. I have, yeah, I got Gehrig. I got DiMaggio. I got Mantle. I got Ruth and Gehrig. Uh, you know, I got some Muhammad Ali stuff. Uh, I, I, I collect a little bit of everything. But yeah, some of my bowling stuff is really cool. You know, like behind me, I have a ball from Dick Weber that I drilled, a ball for Walter Ray that I drilled, a ball for Pete that I drilled, and a ball from uh, Mark Roth that I drilled. So we have that. And then I collect out of the rack every time uh, one of our guys wins a major. I have pin, a pin out of the rack. You know, just, you know, I thought about it a couple of years ago. I said, I want to have some cool bowling stuff too. And I've collected that one right there is my favorite. I actually had. I ended up where I got Jason's spare ball that he used. He threw it in the gutter in Maine and he got a big chip out of it. And it's the one he used for like years and I confiscated it from him. So I actually have the spare ball that he knocked over the uh, 10 pin to break the all time record for majors. So it's kind of cool. There's Ted Williams right behind us. Let me do this hand right there. That's a Ted Williams piece right there. That stuff is incredible. Isn't it, Matt? I got a lot. I got stuff everywhere, man. And he just makes it sound like it's nothing, you know? He's just like, oh, yeah, you know, like I got the, the keys to Fenway if you guys just, like, you know, want to go one day or something, you know? He just plays it no, off. Like, Unfortunately, I know a lot of people that are over over the years in bowling, I've met people that are that are cool people. Like we had Allison Felix on our uh, Allison Felix on our show the other day, and people don't realize that she's the most decorated track and field athlete of all time. She bowled to Chris Paul one time. And you know what? I was nice to her and we become friends over time. And, you know, I send them ball if they, she likes to bowl and just kind of, you know, if you're nice to people, 
you know, people, I don't ever ask them for anything. You know, it's just kind of cool to have it like T.O. You know, T.O. is going to come on our show soon. You know, I mean, Woody Austin, you know, I mean, guys that are that are athletes. And then my friend that works for New Era, he's he helps me out. A guy named Dave Eichinger is a really, really good friend of mine. He actually he's the guy, Matt, you, you dig this guy. I've known him for 20 years. He's the guy when the Super Bowl's over that hands the shirt and the hat to the players. Like when the World Series is over, you know, he's running out on the field to make sure they get the hats that they put on and the T-shirts and stuff like that. So That's he's cool. uh yeah, he's my, he's my all-star guy that he's a good autograph guy for me. Like I just go and give him a list of the people that I want, like Trout, Harper, whoever I want. And they just, uh, it, it comes up very, yeah, it's good. That's great. Like, yeah. I got like 400 uh, signed baseballs of everybody. You name, if there's a good player, I, I got them. You know, it's just, it's fun. It's a hobby. I go to spring training. I go to fall league. I, I haven't been able to go to spring training because of tour. You know what I mean? Because they're bowling like a real winter tour now. But And then Mike knows that I'm a, a huge sports card collecting guy, too. That's kind of my – this room that I'm in now, and then there's – I use one of the bedrooms in the house as a sports card area. You know, like, it's weird. My mind goes all over where I have certain things that I like. Like, I want to get – I can't afford it, but I'm working on it of getting every Mickey Mantle from 1959 to the end of his career. Below before 1959 is like big money, <laughs> but I can afford in front of that. And uh, like I said, I know there's a guy in North Rock Lanes, you know, Joe Rocco. Oh, he's yeah. been really, he's been really helpful with, you know, I had some baseballs that he wanted, which I bartered with him. I gave him balls and then I started my vintage collection that way. You know, I got Mike Schmidt rookie. I got Mantles. I got, you know, whatever, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, Mike knows, dude, it's, it, it sucks you in when you get going. It's, 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 I, I used to gamble a little bit, you know what, this is way bigger gambling than, than, you know, putting a $10, hundred dollar machine, hundred dollars in a slot machine, you know, buying cards. I've gotten smarter now. I'm not buying wax boxes anymore. I'm buying singles. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. man, I like wax boxes. So. You know, a little investing advice here really quick take it for what it's worth but you know steve orr from the st louis area ray orff's son rich's yeah. brother he's been he's been collecting baseball cards for like 20 years and he's yeah. always, he's always told me you know what mike he's like the stock market goes up and down has ebbs and flows and even when you do really well you get taxed on it incredibly a lot of money if you invest in sports cards and you sell them on ebay it's tax-free you don't have to report that stuff from what i understand yep and and, and it it achieves value over time it appreciates over time and it's tax free and that's why he likes that and now you see guys like Gary Vanerchuk and other people taking Gary v, Gary V is all in yeah. You know, yeah interesting yeah the interesting thing right now is like you said I listened to that guy the sports card investor online and he's got a uh you know a program where he can tell that the cards are going up they they were at the highest level that they've ever been at like March 12th and then they had a huge drop off because of the pandemic but right now it's hotter than it's ever been i know man. it's insane sports cards right now this year's basketball because of zion mania it's it, it's basketball cards like you you can't if you're a kid you can't even think about buying your basketball out. cards you no, have no you chance might, you might yeah. be able to get hoops or something hoops brand yeah. maybe, but yeah definitely. prism prism is eleven hundred dollars a box yeah in hobby for one box Insane. It's crazy. It's insane. You know, and and the thing, the last two or three years, I, I've never been a big basketball guy. I mean, I grew up uh, outside of Philadelphia and Julius Irving, like like this Jordan thing going on now. What's the Last Dance or mm -hmm. that the Last Dance? Mm -hmm. I've watched it. You know what? I was never a Jordan guy. I mean, I, I was a, a I was the guy that was Jordan before Jordan, Doctor J. Doctor J was the greatest basketball player I ever saw. It's not even close. And Kobe Bryant grew up about a half hour from where I saw Kobe playing high school, actually. And he was he was a man amongst boys then. But the people that I liked in that area, you know, Akeem Olajuwon. I think Akeem Olajuwon is one of the greatest centers ever to play the game. I got to see Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson was a six-foot guy that weighed about 112 pounds that got his ass beat all the time. But he kept coming back. And you know what? He's one of the greatest players of all time, you know, and that's Sean's collecting him right now. I got Sean hooked again. He's oh boy. 
Yeah, it's bad. He's oh, doing boy. Iverson and, and Cliff Barnes of Bowler's Mart. He is all in on Shaq right now. Shaq stuff is going crazy right now. I believe it. Yeah. Jimmy, we're out of time, man. But, man, what a blast it's been. We man, didn't you're even, bailing out on me already? We didn't even get to talk about hockey. You being a season holder with the Knights. I oh. talk too much. I'm sorry. No, it was <laughs> great. <laughs> great, man. It was so awesome having you on the program. Yeah. And I'm so proud of what you've been able to do with the tour team. Appreciate the, it. The work you're doing with the folks over there. You get you do have a superstar in Sean Ryan, your entire team. Steve, everybody's great over there. And uh, please tell everybody that we said hello here from the Inside Bowling Show. And tell Kelly we said hello down there. Yeah. And stay safe and healthy down there in Vegas, brother. If you want to come back and talk some more, I can do it anytime. I do have a little bit of free time right now. So <laughs> let good. me know. Like you say, we, we could do a three-hour one if you want. All right. Well, we might do a marathon one of these weekends. We'll do, and- we'll do a special. Yeah. But, yeah. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come in and talk a little bit. And uh, it's, uh, you know, everybody stay safe out there. It's going to. It's going to it's it's turning the corner. You know what? And everybody will get I don't think normal is going to be like normal was in the past. I think we're all going to have to adapt a little bit to the way the world is changing. But you know what? It'll be fine. You know, love the people that you love, you know, stay close to your friends and your family and uh, make sure that everybody's okay. And you two guys, make sure your family's healthy and keep them safe. And uh, I'll see you guys down the road. And like you say, if there's any other times that you want to chat or whatever, just give me a call and. Mike, I'm always available for you guys. And I appreciate, you know, you guys giving everybody a little bit of uh, happiness and making them smile. Absolutely, man. We love you, buddy. I miss working with you. And uh, all the best, man. Peace. Take care, Jimmy. See you, man. Well, Matt, that that was great. All of our shows are fun. I love interacting with everybody. But there's just something special about that man. I love Jim Callahan. I love Jimmy C, man. And I I don't even know him nearly as well as you do. Um, and I could just, he's just fun. You know, you come around some people and it's, it's like, it's heavy to be around them. And, you know, they, they complain a lot and, you know, some people just like they're negative, you know, but Jimmy is just such, he's just such a positive soul. And he's always, he always lights, lightens everything up, makes everybody laugh, makes everybody smile, even tough situations. He turns it into a joke. Um, and he really spins everything around. So, it's so good to be able to catch up with Jimmy. It's been too long um, since I've seen him last. And so it's uh, it's just been, man, and I love seeing you in that helmet. <laughs> we talked about when we planned the show, whether or not we would come on with like silly hats every day. And finally, the first hat slash helmet has come out. Um, yeah, so, I wore my Cardinal shirt today. Like, yeah. I was ready to talk like 40 minutes of baseball, but we yeah. got a bowl and run there. So I just let it go. No, I think when we, uh, when we do this, this, uh, you know, charitable marathon on here one day um jimmy's without a doubt going to be one of those guests that we have on and um it's it's going to be a blast so from like two in the morning until 6 a.m sports yeah, because, yeah because when you when you get to those hours of the night you got to make sure that you have people on that are energetic that can keep you going and jim is definitely one of those guys and he's on the west coast so it won't be too late for him it'll be yep. it'll be great if we ever end up doing that that'll be great and yeah, so, um, so yeah, just unbelievable having him on the show. I was really happy to have Jim come on and, uh, I cherish this helmet right here, buddy. World champion Cardinals right here. Too cool, man. Too cool. Thanks everybody for tuning in. If you guys want, once again, go ahead. If you like this lane courtesy shirts and urban legend it just doesn't exist for anybody that bowls the league or tournaments, you know, I've been, I've been seeing the orders coming in, Matt. We've actually had quite a few people supporting the program and it means a lot. Right. It- I will tell you this right now in, in the world of, of coronavirus, the pandemic, our company has been affected. We have, we have lost some contracts like, yep. and we have a large group of people that all work behind the scenes. And I don't talk about the business side of things all that much on this program, because that's not what this is about, but every little bit that people can help that can afford it to help us out, whether if it's sharing our YouTube videos, whether if it's sharing this broadcast, it's all got ad revenue built in. You get like a half a penny a click. I'm not making it up. I think a thousand views is like $3. Okay. But all that does help uh, with what we're trying to do here. And when the merch sales come in, it really does help us out a lot because if every time we come on the air and we do, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars in sales, it makes us want to keep doing the show because it becomes part of our revenue model. And instead of getting out on the road and doing something else to try to generate revenue, or I go stock shelves at Kohl's or work the drive through at McDonald's or deliver some pizzas or drive Uber or whatever, I'd much rather come on here, talk with you, bring on guests, interact with people and do good for bowling. 
Um, we're trying to get this video shared around right now because in my personal belief, I know we're running long here, but I want to talk about it, is I do think that it's, it's sometimes, you know, it takes 21 days to make a habit. And if you're in the habit of not bowling for a certain amount of time, there is a chance that you could lose some of these people to doing something different where they're starting to spend their money in other ways instead of going out and bowling league. Yeah. And the more we can keep bowling top of mind, like this video we launched today, how to hook a bowling ball is going to do nothing but help bowling in general and fill up those bowling centers when everything can open back up. Yes. Do we get some sort of monetary gain from you promoting what we're doing? Do we get some sort of monetary gain from you helping us out with our merch store? But the other thing that you're doing is you're helping families. The, the two people that, that, all, that make all the t-shirts for us, we are their biggest gig right now. They just adopted two children. Like that's what you're supporting here, folks. So I don't want to get off on, you know, I don't want to get up on a, um, whatever you call that, a, a box and preach to everybody, give us your money. That's not what this is about, but that really is truly how our business works. So thank you. I'll shut up about that. And Matt, tomorrow we have EJ Tackett, the squirrel on tomorrow. The squirrel, whatever that means. So yeah, I said that on a Matt's <laughs> game from Bowler X. So we'll see what we can dig up on old EJ Tackett as crack producer Matt figures that out for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna uh, Brian and Shannon O'Keefe on, on Friday. We got Marshall Holman coming up on Monday. I'm going to convince him to draft all lefties in the PBA League draft that has been announced. I believe it's May 17th. If I heard that correctly earlier, yeah. check with PBA.com for the exact date if that's wrong. And until tomorrow, Matt, thanks for a great show. Good job producing. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Mike. Uh, great job getting some more great guests. And we look forward to catching up with EJ and everybody else again tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern. That's right. Go Cardinals, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.